0: This is episode 40 with the creative and ambitious Anissa Butt. Welcome to Bigger Than The Hustle podcast. My name is Babik Patel and each week, I bring you a super interesting conversation with an inspiring entrepreneur on how they live their life outside their business and what inspires them to live life big. Thank you for taking time to spend with me today, and it's time to let the positivity flow. My special guest today is Anisa Butt, a British Asian actress, spoken word artist, and podcast host based in London. Her love of acting have taken her to the dizzy heights of Bollywood in record-breaking feature films like Yeh Jawaani Hai Deewani, to small indie projects like Brahmanaman, which was acquired by Netflix. Anissa was also featured in Anita Rani's BBC2 documentary titled Bollywood, the world's biggest film industry, and has also been interviewed by BBC Radio for a podcast on her work as an actor in India. Today in our conversation we discuss her upbringing, her love of acting, and how she keeps her mental health in balance. Such a beautiful and gentle soul she is, she shares her light in so many ways, so keep listening. Make sure you show your love by subscribing to this podcast and sharing it with those who you believe need to hear the conversation. So now it's time for the one and only Anissa Butt.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Anissa. I'm, uh, as Favik said, I'm uh, a British Asian actress <laughs> and podcast host of a podcast called Unplugged with Annie. I am a spoken word artist as well. I do a little bit of writing and a little bit of coaching too. Um, So I like to see myself as being interdisciplinary um, in a nutshell. And I just, I I really love life. I I love trying to spread joy wherever I go. I think that's always my mission. Um, So yeah, in a nutshell.
0: Mm. And I know you're looking, reading some information about you, and talking to you. I think you you spent some time in India. Is that where you born and raised there, or did you live there and then you move over to the UK?
1: So actually, no. I was at, I was born and raised in London, mm-hmm. and um, I was very influenced by watching Hindi feature films growing up. And uh, not that the agenda was to necessarily go out there. I think when I decided that I really wanted to be an actress around 12, 13 years old. I just knew that I wanted to act and perform. I didn't really have a greater understanding of where that was going to be or what it was going to look like. But an opportunity arose. Um, I tested for something in London for a feature film and I got flown out there for a look test and that kind of opened another door for me, another avenue which I then decided to explore. And hence, India kind of came onto the um, platter, if you like. So then I I sort of was more back and forth. But yes, then I spent an ample amount of time out there in India working.
0: Now, when you chose acting um, as a career path or something that made you happy, where did that energy come from? Is there something in your background parentally or something that drove you or or energized you in this field
1: yeah it's really interesting because no actually um you know I didn't have anybody else in the family who was sort of artistic or creative in that way and um it it I think at the same time I'm very grateful to my parents that I wasn't sort of restricted in any way or just told that you had to do one thing so I I think I approached schooling very openly as well and I just really enjoyed drama I enjoyed I was a really self-conscious child and I think I struggled with self-confidence a lot but when I was on the stage or I was told to perform to me in my mind it was that I don't have to be Anissa now that my guard can go down and I can, I can, I don't have to worry about how I'm looking or what I'm doing. I can just be something else. And I think I found an escape in that and a joy in that. Um, And I think, um, I I mean, it was a difficult one because I I think till date my dad still struggled with this idea of me having picked uh, the arts as a career that wasn't expected, even though it wasn't really said at a young age um I, I i still somehow feel like you, you know you need to do what really makes you happy and this was something which really did make me happy so um yeah
0: now it's interesting because you being a part of the indian culture i'm my parents my dad is from india my mom's from africa now two things which are huge in our culture movies and cricket right yeah <laughs> so you got the two two sides that so my dad and my mom love both yeah. now we see the veneer of bollywood so you see the movies you see the the glam the glitz etc can you give us a little bit of an insight to behind the curtain to the things that we don't know about that you found quite interesting or something that you you know that's not so glamorous that goes on behind the scenes when you are part of the bollywood scene if you say
1: mm. i mean i think it's with with whether it's hollywood or the british tv and film or bollywood i think acting is considered directing producing there is a certain glamour attached to the entertainment industry singing whatever it is the reality is very different you know it's a lot of blood sweat and tears and hard work there's a lot of Um, rehearsal time there's a lot of pressure to um, there's there's not kind of a, a differentiation between your personal life and work life a lot of the time you do take your work home as an actor you know you need to spend time learning lines you need to do all these extra things extra preparation which does cut into your private time and your private life so I, I don't think it really is glamorous from any angle I think that's just the byproduct or the, the domino effect of maybe achieving a certain amount of success or being attached to certain big projects which is wonderful and there's like perks you know you, you might get to stay at some nice hotels and get to shoot in different countries and that's all wonderful but at the end of the day it's it it is a lot of a lot of work that people don't the you know days where you might not be feeling your best and in front of the camera that you know you you, it's your job to cover that up um so i I think it it definitely i definitely wouldn't call it glamorous
0: (laughs) and recently over the last year or two it's come under the spotlight a lot especially hollywood in terms of gender roles in terms of females Mm. within that um culture of hollywood because it seemed to be quite a male-oriented or misogynistic sort of culture at some points Mm -hmm. Um, and i'm so glad that it's been highlighted i'm so glad that things are slowly changing obviously change takes time and for it to be lasting change it has to take time um but if there are certain aspects of that um, community um, or or career choice which now if anyone knew is going into I know it would be completely different if someone was in it 20 years ago and anyone would tell you that with any career you know Mm -hmm. 20 years ago it was this and now it's completely different if someone was looking to get into acting performing um, whatever format that be whether it be on screen whether it be on stage theatre etc what advice would you give to them to so they understand what's involved and what needs to happen for them to create some form of success?
1: Um, Well, yeah, one thing would definitely be to not look at the result as a means of sort of identifying it as something that you want to do as a profession. I, I feel like you have to love the process. And I really mean that because you know, many, many actors achieve success very late in life and you just think, oh my goodness, that is tragic. But it actually, you know, it it comes across as being an overnight success and it never is. It's a lot of work on a a daily basis. And if you're not prepared to do that work, I don't think it's it's the profession that you should choose. Because Mm. the, the glamour part of it is very, very small. I would say that is one or two percent of the big picture. So I think you have to really love it. You really do have to be passionate about the process, not the results. And uh you, because it's not about awards and accolades, you know, that like I said, that's just all a byproduct. Um so that's definitely one thing. And I would say that don't underestimate learning and training because even though you might have achieved a lot and be the best, there's nothing quite beats going back to that playground and having that freedom and space to just keep learning, whether it's doing acting classes or working on accents or working with an addiction coach or whatever it is. I feel like that is something a performer should keep doing. I I feel like the day you think that you know everything, you should probably stop because no one really knows everything you know Mm -hmm. um every experience is different as well so that that's that that, that's definitely what i would say i
0: think um i quite resonate with you because i've always said i want always want to be the student i never want to be the teacher yeah as a student you're always learning aren't you and but as a teacher you're just outputting as opposed to inputting so um fully agree with that now if the journey of how you've picked up pockets of things that make you happy so you know you you, you're acting spoken word so can we go a bit into the spoken word now first of all um which way do you express yourself in spoken word and what does that give you personally when you're in that sort of space
1: yeah, the spoken word thing is really funny because it's just like for the last in the last couple of years. Honestly, I I I would say that poetry is something that I don't know where it came from. Writing, actually, from a very young age, you know, school competitions and just um. And I'm surprised somewhere I didn't go into writing uh, because I I've done a lot of it, but it wasn't for a particular cause or a particular purpose as such it was for myself I would always just write down my thoughts and I just love words I have this I don't know this affiliation with words I'm a bit of a quote addict I I hold on to things people say. I think my love language is words of affirmation. You know, <laughs> um, So words is just like something I, I absolutely love. So I started writing and then poetry was something I'd always write. And I think it's because I've struggled with being able to express myself. And I think that's a confidence thing. I've struggled with telling people to their face how I feel about things. And so, you know, whether it was feeling... I, I remember, I mean, I, I personally didn't endure major bullying, but I do remember one girl who kind of, I felt like I was being attacked for no reason at one point in school. And I just remember that phase of um, not really knowing how to deal with those emotions, but I, I could put pen to paper and, and put it down, even if it was for myself and there was some kind of relief in that, in processing that. So poetry just became the thing. I kept writing, writing, writing. And in the last couple of years, I just wondered what that would look like if I was to say it out loud. I think I'm, I'm definitely a more empowered version as I grow older. I have a lot more confidence in myself and who I am and in my skin, which I never had as a child. And I almost feel like I wish I had that, but you know, it's, it's never too late. But so I think I'm, the spoken word has come from this, this space of me embracing who I am and also having confidence to, to say it out loud, even if it might not sound right. Going back to something you said at the beginning of just, um, you know, doing things for you, doing what's right for you, not really caring what anyone else thinks.
0: I think it's so important when you reach a point because everyone... I see it like a hill, so you, you as you're going uphill, you're learning about yourself, so you're learning what makes you happy, what doesn't make you happy, you get sort of thrown off paths, people pull you in different directions, you get drawn to certain things, you get pushed away from certain things, and then from all this swaying, mm-hmm. there comes a steadiness, mm-hmm. and that steadiness is saying, actually, I like this and I don't like this, I... Get on with this and I don't get on with this. I enjoy this and I don't enjoy this. And I'm now happy enough to say I choose this and I choose you or I don't choose you. And certain things that don't serve me anymore, I can let them go. Certain Mm -hmm. things that do serve me, I can take more of that on. And I'm comfortable in this little space that I've created for myself. Mm -hmm. And I know I feel strong in this space. And when I come from this space, I therefore project out into the world the way i would like to be seen would like to be you know pretty i the filter is taken off i don't have a mask anymore this is me and we we're so busy as we're growing up wearing different different masks right trying Mm -hmm. to fit in trying to you know be something to someone else but raw and looking at everyone else rather than looking at ourselves you know looking in Uh -uh i think as we get older we start looking inward and certain times for me for sure there have been times when it's been quite dark it's been quite deep and low Um, and those times have created the best version of me in terms of the way i've come out of that and and chosen life and chosen me Mm -hmm. have there been any struggles in your life that have you look back now at the time they were tough but you look back and say actually that was probably one of the best things that happened because this happened is there anything you'd like you could share with us
1: i mean you know it's it's everything i think about this all the time actually and i think that's a great question i think about it literally maybe even a week ago and it sounds it sounds funny but i think about a time where um i feel like we're evolving so fast you don't give ourselves enough credit and the focus is always on you know don't look back just look ahead but actually if you don't look back you 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 don't remember how far you've come you don't remember what you've been through and um i mean one time for sure to give an example would definitely be when i went out to india and i i mean i went out for this particular for a particular film was selected for it started doing workshops for it it was my first experience out there and then' um, in the middle of workshops to be told that actually we we're going with a different decision now we, we, we're changing um you know which which yeah we're changing the idea we had in our head and we're going in a different direction and then they sort of recast things um, that was such a heartbreaking moment for me because I was suddenly in a different country which wasn't my own um, and thrust into the situation and then within a few months I luckily got this Disney show and it you know life took a different kind of turn but then in the middle of that I got typhoid and I found myself in hospital again in a country which I, you know I didn't know many people and my friends were my cast members um, and and I think about now when I think about how the hell did I go out to a different country and learn a different language and you know just everything how did I do it because then it makes you feel that you know if it happened now you wouldn't you wouldn't know what to do and that's the funny thing about life I feel like you can never really be prepared for the heartbreak and the trials and and the obstacles that come your way you can try you can try and be prepared, but nothing quite prepares you for those moments. And I think we all have, I think human resilience is, is just incredible. Um, you know, what one finds themselves doing in the midst of all of that. Um, so, so that, that would be one example, but I think there's many there's many examples of just feeling like this is the end you know when we go, we all go through heartbreak and it's just like <laughs> I'm the only one in the world going through this why is this happening to me yeah mm.
0: yeah and I you know we talk about the word struggle so there seems to be such a, a negative connotation to the word struggle because it seems like it's hard and it's, it's 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 friction and there's you know there's effort but for me it seems that struggle seems to f- give me some kind of energy and some kind of purpose and some kind of grounding to say sometimes things are going to be tough let them be tough because once you let them be tough you come out the other side and something has happened so some changes happen generally for the better because you went through that and when people like i have two children mm-hmm. so my daughter's 14 and my son is 10 and right now they, they not so much my son my daughter's going through some what of a struggle with this lockdown and the social disconnection and i do feel for them for that generation because it is tough right now not in a physical sense but in a mental sense right Mm -hmm. um and sometimes you know you try and make it easier but then sometimes i think actually no let them try and solve it let them try and work through it because i'm not always going to be there to hold their hand and lift them up and i don't want to be because i've learned so much about myself just going through the shit and going through, you know, the pain and coming out the other side because it allows you to access a part of your brain which you didn't access before. If everything's comfortable, it's like they say, more champions have been bought, built from pain than from comfort, and it's so true. You know, it's only when you really are in a struggle that you, first of all, you find out about yourself and what you're capable of. But then also you find out that who really is supporting you and who really is around you and who has your back and who is your team. But thirdly, is you realize that what's important to you and you let go of the shit that's not important to you and you only hold the stuff that is. Mm -hmm. And those three things come out of struggle. So for me, when someone says that, I'm like, just go through it. Let yourself go through it, but just accept it. And when you, when you go through that darkness, it's, in the Western culture, I find that it almost seems like, let's just get through it. Let's just get to the side. And, and it's like grief and pain and, and, and things like this. But in the Eastern culture, it seems more open, as in this is just a part of process of being human, part of being human, being, you know, don't try and get rid of the grief, learn from it. Just go through it slowly and don't try and come out the other side, but understand what's happening inside you. So when you come out the other side, there's learning. It's not forgotten and there's something that's happened because of that. And it's been so important. I think just, just knowing that and knowing that you are strong enough. You you know, like you said, when you try and prepare too much, you don't know how you can deal with it until you're in the middle of it, mm-hmm. then when you come out the other side, you're like, I've done it once, I can do that again. I'm not that doesn't. I don't fear that anymore. You know, you, you know. I, I, do you have anything in terms of you as a person? What makes you the happiest? Or what doing something, or being around something, or, 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 or achieving something? Why do you think your happiness comes from? As an individual
1: well yeah another you know great question to think about i think um it's important to, to know that actually and i think just learning about myself like i've always been fascinated with psychology and, and sociology and then hence you know the coaching thing kind of happened as well where i especially in this last year i think i've delved in deeper to find out about myself and really what makes me happy and i think there's something i've accepted is that for me personally happiness is attached to to doing it is attached to feeling productive it is attached to yeah being able to to do what i love like acting for sure Um, I can't deny that it's not necessarily a good thing all the time because when that's taken away and when you can't do that you are less feeling I'm not sure if I'm worthy or you know you're less feeling less confident about yourself because your happiness is derived from something external um but one thing that has helped me is I I You know, happiness comes from my faith being a foundation as well and my spiritual beliefs. And I know that that is something which can't be taken away. That is something which doesn't leave me shaken. That doesn't change. And I think that security and finding something for yourself that doesn't change is always internal rather than external. So um, I try to find happiness in small things, like when I can see the stars in the sky and when it snowed the other day I was just I just felt this childlike joy um considering that we're you know sort of stuck in four walls at the moment there was just something so magical about that I think being able to I wish I could do it even more gratitude is a huge thing for me but I know that I I I try I I try to see the good every day even the small things even just you know, whether it's like coming off this podcast afterwards and just feeling like that was a really great conversation I had today. These small things, they matter and uh, they, they give you perspective, I guess.
0: And it's, uh, I find it's the small things that create the big things. So when you have a good foundation of things that you, like you said, you're productive and you do, but you always have to, you also have to remember to be, rather than just do. I understand that. It was, it's been an exercise for me, where I found it quite alien to stop being productive. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, I've worked for a long time, I've had my own business for over 20 years, so I've never switched off, you know, I found it hard to switch off. And only, only over the last two years have I stopped working weekends, because I used to work weekends as well. And when i first did that so consider 18 years i worked weekends and then when i say weekend saturday obviously sunday off and then so i'd work six days mm-hmm. so when i then decided two years ago that i'm actually going to stop working wednesdays and i'm going to stop working saturdays so i'm going to only work four days and, and i and i've been blessed that the universe has allowed me to take that time off and still have a flourishing you know financially we don't have to worry now what's been interesting was that the first six months was alien as in I found it so hard it was like I don't know what to do with myself I was <laughs> <laughs> so used to just just you know always be you know, whether that be good whether that be bad whatever stance you want to put on that I found working was my go-to because I felt productive because I was doing something and then not working I almost felt like I'm not doing anything called production and what I realized is that it's first of all a muscle you need to build in your own brain as in that yeah, thing about yeah. just stopping and, yeah, and yeah. not believing that you're not being productive because you need that time to take a step back and replenish and recharge for the next time you go but secondly is when you give yourself when i gave myself space to just be and actually say you know i'm just going to watch a bit of tv i had this thing about tv i never watch tv and then i <laughs> watch a box set down then you know i don't yes. mind spending time doing that because i'd always had a negative connotation say oh that's unproductive time you're not doing anything of purpose you're not being a new use and i thought if i just do those things that make me happy just do yeah it, i'm gonna switch off i come back stronger and really? i now know that i'm way more productive in four days than i ever was in six days and i'm so much happier and if i'm happier all the people around me are happier. My kids are happy, my, my, my wife, my parents, my friends, my community, everyone is happy just because I've made a choice to serve myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back to dinner, like you were saying, just little, little things. Like this year, um, last year I started this thing on Wednesday evenings where I contact someone that's been, that's been, had a part in my upbringing. So, like my uncles, my cousins, my friends. And I say to them, let's go for a walk. So I'll pick one person and in the evening, we'll just go for a walk, we'll meet up and we'll go for a walk, an hour or two, just to talk. You know, just to acknowledge that we're still around, to acknowledge that we are still human. We still need that ability to talk rather than just sending a message and letting go. And I wanted to show with the most valuable resource I have, which is my time, I wanted to give that to that person to say, thank you. Thank you for always being here for me. Thank you for raising me a little bit of you is in me and that's why I can do what I can do and I just wanted to acknowledge them by saying I'm taking time out of my own life busy you know kids life work business but Mm -hmm. they can always be an excuse right they can always be an excuse they can you can always say I'm not I haven't got time but you make time if it's important you make time right Mm -hmm. so what kind of things are you not making time for your life right now what kind of things do you still need to do to grow as a person wow
1: well um yeah again I completely relate to that I think sometimes switching off for me although I would say I've been able to do better with that during lockdown like you said like for me as well, like with with TV, I'm just like, no, you know it's something I, I didn't just did not want to do but actually i I've started enjoying kind of because I get up quite early. I've in, enjoyed kind of scheduling my days a little bit better to 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 make sure I am productive in the day. I do what I need to do, but then I definitely have a couple of hours in my evening just to kind of not do work, whether it's just sit and and play a game with the family or just have a meal together or or whether it's just me by myself watching something that I enjoy I've started doing more than that more of that for sure um I think yeah just trying to also connect with people a lot more during lockdown um and I'm more a tech. i'm really guilty of being more a text person than sort of picking up the phone and having a conversation i started doing voice notes because i feel like it's more personalized um but i you know it's just convenient and you don't have to you don't have to bother anyone you don't have to let them bother you or necessarily take too much of your time so it's a little bit of a selfish thing as well i think um and i think that cuts into me being a bit of a control freak But trying trying to do these little things which which make me switch off from that constant um and yeah just trying to enjoy the pause and the waiting as frustrating as that can be a lot of the time so try
0: (laughs) and what do you think inspires you most today
1: i think it just is i'm always inspired by people's resilience and their ability to just keep going it it just makes me extremely happy seeing others succeed um when at something that they've just always wanted to do i think because i can connect to that i can connect to that perseverance um i just think perseverance there's there's beauty in perseverance i don't know what it is but it's just so amazing to me that people can find themselves in these spaces where their whole world has crumbled and they might feel like a failure but then you know two three years after they're just completely transformed um so that inspires me um and also just people being so selfless you know wanting to really make a true difference in the world and really putting themselves aside to uh, contribute to a bigger cause i find that really inspiring
0: and, um, is there anything that you're proud of within yourself that no one knows about?
1: <laughs> you know the- The proud question always gets me. I think it's because i I'm my biggest critic, so for me to say that I'm proud is really hard, and I think I've been asked this recently by a friend, and I found myself sort of dumped. <laughs> um there are things that i'm proud of yes but i think that's that's where i personally struggle I, I i want to still look ahead at what is left to achieve what anita still needs to do um in order to feel proud which isn't which isn't a good thing honestly um but but i am i am proud of the person i am today i feel like a more confident empowered version of myself and i i am proud of that journey because it's taken a lot to get to this point of just feeling more comfortable in my skin of not being so afraid of treading less on eggshells of owning my shit and you know realizing that i'm not perfect and it's okay because i think so much of that struggle has come from wanting to be somebody else's idea of perfect um so so i am proud
0: of that we talk a lot today um and rightly so about mental health so um whether that be anxiety whether that be depression whether that be just bouts of low whether that be the other way as well where you have extreme highs and and uh, exhilarations etc now is that i i'm I can have moments of time where I'm quite anxious. I'm quite an anxious person. I overthink things and I think quite deeply about things and maybe not to my own benefit. It's more to my detriment. I have this thing, I don't even know what it's called, but where I have to try and stay on top of everything. And Mm. if I if someone, if I have a a to-do list, I want to get it all done, else it sits in my head and festers, why didn't I do it, why didn't I get it done, and I don't even know if there's a thing called that, but I definitely have it, whatever it is, and if I say, for example, like, I finish in the kitchen, I want to clear up, and if I, only when I've cleared up, can I move on to the next thing, so if I'm not cleared up, I find it hard to move on, and I don't even know what it's called, so I'm not even going to try and explain.
1: I think it's just a control thing, I can can, can relate to that. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So what? So for me, it's 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 been. there are things that I get quite anxious about, and um, I try and let go of because I know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not important. It really doesn't matter. I know my many tells I'm I'm trying to retrain my brain to say it really doesn't matter if it's, if you you know you don't do these same things. So fine. Now. That, that's more on a humorous side, because I know that's about me and I'm trying to work on that. But I know people do suffer quite heavily with bouts of depression about anxiety. And I know it's real. I've been through that and I know it's tough. And when you're the only energy that you're working with is the same energy that's put you in that position, which is in your own head, there's yeah. very little movement that's going to happen because all you're doing is sitting in your own head, right? Mm-hmm. Now... During these times of lockdown, and I know there's a lot of suffering, especially in younger people, um, what things do you do to manage your own mental health and, and, and self-love to make sure that you continue to come out and be strong and, and try to take life in a way where it's like you know there's going to be lows and you know there's going to be ups, but that's just the way it is what kind of things do you do little things if there's any daily things or any weekly Mm -hmm. things that help you that may help other people
1: i mean the the very consistent thing for me is fitness it it has been for many many years i would say for the last 10 years um i it's a non-negotiable i schedule it like i would a meeting it's um i i have to move it's important to it's not just because of the exterior consequence to doing that it's not just about looking a certain way it's honestly about the way it makes me feel I, i feel just so much healthier um everything is better my sleep is better my health overall is better because of it it's a stress buster for me it's the time that i have where i'm not on my phone where I can just put a podcast on or music on or, you know, just just actually unwind um, and, and be challenged at the same time because I weight train and, you know, that there is a certain challenge involved in that. But I definitely think movement is hugely underestimated. It, it is a free drug, just like, you know, water is. Um, and, and sometimes we take it for granted. So movement is definitely the consistent thing. Other than that, I would say from day to day it varies. I, I can definitely see wonderful benefits from meditation. It's something I do do on and off. It helps me go to sleep, um, especially days where I find myself overthinking and I just really need to like shut my brain off at night. Um, I definitely recommend that. And music is so therapeutic. I just, you know, I love music any time of the day. I think I was hugely influenced as a child because my mum is just loves music. There was always music on in the house, so I find music very, very helpful as well. Um, and and as well in in this kind of situation, in terms of the pandemic, I would say connection, even though it might not be in person, but just reaching out to a friend that you trust that you're able to vent to and if you really don't have that person in your life i i cannot recommend like therapy enough or coaching or you know just being able to speak to someone they don't have to know you but that support can really really help you and i've seen it just help so many people around me so um yeah those are a few things mm.
0: the movement um the movement and meditation fully 100% behind you on that uh, yeah. during the times when i've been through my darkest moments i started running yeah. um well it, first it was sort of a walk and a jog and then a walk <laughs> and a jog and then yeah. it slowly tended to jog and it so tended cool. to walk but i was very not physically fit at all um to a point where now i i was supposed to be doing the new york marathon last year but that obviously got cancelled and i Aiming for this year to do okay. it. I've never run over half a marathon, so I'm in tra- training and I'm happy. But like you said, it just the all the chemicals go into balance after a run for me. Everything mm-hmm. just seems stable, and like I said, sleeping better, my system just works better. I think better, and I don't know how to explain it all, but I just know that for me, the chemicals all just are in sync. And I'm the best version of myself and therefore movement hundred percent and meditation. Again, so many people talk about meditation in the morning. Mine is even for sure 10 minutes, yeah.
1: before
0: I sleep like a, yeah. you know, and, and then you wake, I wake up like I've slept as mm-hmm. opposed to, I know when times when I've not meditated woke and I've and I still feel quite tired.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. 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 Whereas when I've meditated 10 minutes before I go to sleep, sleep, and wake up feeling like I've had a good sleep. You know, like you mm-hmm. said, like yourself, I'm an early riser. So at five o'clock, I'm, I'm up and, and I'm and, and I'm getting on with things. Um, and that's my time as well. Do you know when you find a time? So my time is five to seven in the morning where I get up. I make both our lunches um, in terms of sort of salads, proteins, etc. And then I write. So I'm writing a book at the moment um, okay. just about things that I've learned. And just, just the little things that I want to sit down and spend my time doing because that makes me happy and because no one else is awake at that time there's no pings and no dings and i don't switch my phone on till i leave the house nowadays so only after 10 o'clock because that's my time i don't want right. to be drawn to emails and whatsapp and signal and whatever else comes in i just want that to be my time for me to be strong so when i enter the world after i leave the door to get into my car or my van or whatever it is um i'm the strongest I've done my, you know, I've done my exercise, I've done my, my lunch, I've done my reading, I've done the things that make me happy. I've walked my boy to school, I've talked to my wife, I've read and I've listened. You know, these are the things that make me strong. And unless I put them at forefront and foremost, the rest of the day, no matter what happens, I'll always be all right. I'll come home and it might be a tough day, but I know I'll be all right because I've looked up myself. And I think we all need to do that more, right? We yeah. all need to find what makes us happy. Like playing the piano makes me happy. I learn and I play, you know? And it's this, I never see as selfish. I know, especially females, especially my wife as well. She sees things doing, sometimes she sees things doing for herself as selfish. She's not spending time look after the kids or look after the house or look after us, or she has her own business looking after that. And I'm like, you just need to do things that make you happy. You know, go and spend some time with your friends. Go on holiday with someone or do something. But just just look at yourself. Because when you start looking at yourself, then stuff can happen and stuff can be productive for you. So, yeah. Um, and yeah. I like, that. And, you know, I, and I've seen in past generation, with mom and stuff, you know, always been the homemaker, always looking after, looking after. But they don't look after themselves. And I don't want that to happen anymore. I want them to put themselves forward as well, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think that is a generational thing, and it's something that you know we learn at a young age from our caregivers. So it is, it it's so. I think education is so important to you know be the main contributing factor to changing that, mm, um, to mm. changing that perspective and not seeing self care as selfish. Mm. Sure,
0: and it's the action behind education, isn't it? There's no point having the knowledge if we're not going to use it to be absolutely. Good,
1: right? Yeah.
0: So. So at this juncture, Anissa, I just like to say thank you, thank you for coming on and being your truth. Thank you for turning up in the world you do. I love the way you you present yourself, and you're very truthful, you're very creative, and the way you you show up in the world because I know that's truth, that's your you, and you know it's taken time for you to get here, like you've said, yeah. but we now there's so much more to go, Anissa. There's so much more time ahead. You know that. And there's so many more fun things to do and surround ourselves with. If we come from authentic place of truth of what makes you happy, then you know the future is already looking bright. I know we'll have ups and downs, but it'll be fine. I know Mm -hmm. we'll all be okay. So just before we end, there's a couple more questions I'd like to ask you to get a little bit more insight into you and the way you think so the listeners can understand a little bit more about you. Now, we've reached the end of your life. You're 100 years in the future right now and you've done everything you want to do. You've done all the acting, the speaking, and you've made an impact on people's lives. And you've been inspiration and you've looked after yourself as well. So we've now reached the last moments of your life where you don't have enough energy to speak, but you have a pen and a paper and you have enough energy to write three words. Now, these three words have helped you in your life and they've resonated with you and, they, and by sharing them, you hope that it can help other people in their life what would those three words be for you and why
1: um well faith and hope i kind of see as one mm-hmm. the reason being is i think hope is is a word which i resonated with from a very young age we i remember writing a little autobiography well it was autobiography which is funny in essence because i was only 12 that um at that time we had a task to write it in school and I titled mine hope and I think hope and faith is big because it's for me it's the belief in the unseen it's that whole thing about jumping towards the net appears and I think we we need that in life and I've always been an advocate of that so so I kind of consider that one um another one would be forgiveness because I feel that at the end of the day when we're always looking back we need to be able to forgive ourselves forgive the old version of ourselves who didn't know any better and did maybe make mistakes and did um have to endure pain or have to suffer to a certain degree maybe because of other people's actions but if we forgive ourselves for getting into that situation or you know allowing somebody else to take something from us I think we we need more empowered you know because you're you're your own best friend and I think biggest enemy at times is forgiveness and um the third one I guess would be resilience and and that's because I think that's what life is about it's always you know like I said before obstacles are always going to come it's really what you do in those moments when they come
0: perfect and when you were saying those i could see i could feel they were coming from inside you because they are your truth from our conversation from our short time together i can see they're important to you and um, if you know that now then that's a good foundation of thinking and it's a good foundation of thought because that's what it's about you know we are what we think and we are we create our lives from our thoughts Mm -hmm. um now the final question is this podcast is called bigger than the hustle and right now you're bigger than the world so you're connected i found a mic and you're connected to 7.58 billion people on this planet they're all awake they're all conscious they're all listening there's no language barrier and they can all understand what you're saying Mm. i'm going to give you this mic for 30 seconds what would your message be to the world?
1: That life is about taking, taking the little however much you have and, and doing the best you can with it. And I would say, leave everything on the dance floor, the dance floor being your life. Um, you don't get to take anything with you. So, use everything you have and and just be proud of who you are and be the best that you can be not not anyone else but you and that's enough you are enough
0: mm. and that's so important um let's talk to my son about that being enough and i said you are not the things you accumulate you are not the people around you're you not those things. you are you mm-hmm. and be happy being you and be comfortable being you he's only 10 years old he probably just saw his game because he was so <laughs> <laughs> but just, you know, my um, wife says the same thing to him as well you know always you are yeah. always what anyone says so at that juncture Nisa, i'd like to thank you again just before we go is there anything else you'd like to say before we go no i think um
1: I think you've just, you've been really thorough. They were really interesting questions. I really enjoyed this conversation with you. And um, I, I think conversations which get you to think are just always, at least for me, it's always welcomed. It's always an experience. So I'm grateful for this opportunity to share with your audience.
0: Not at all. And thank you again for giving up your most precious resource, which is your time to be here today. And I know you, it nearly didn't happen, and I'm so glad you didn't make it happen. <laughs> and um, like I said, I'm grateful that you've been able to share. You've been able to use your wisdom and your knowledge to try and make give some information that may help some people make better decisions in their life, which then obviously leads to a better life. So thank you again. So this podcast was called Bigger Than The Hustle, and I was your host, Babik Patel just a few thoughts to leave you with. Big energy leads to big thoughts. Big thoughts lead to big ideas. Big big ideas lead to big actions. And big actions lead to a big life. So keep thinking big. Until next week, goodbye.